Fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I have to say it has definitely been a day, day and a half. I don't know. It's been a wild one today. It's the Voice of Reason, though. It is some good news today. So we have a lot to get to broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country, radio and TV, plus our live streaming and our podcasting. We are killing it on the podcast. We are killing it with our live stream all over the place. You can find us. Welcome in your millennial general reporting for duty. Coming up on the program today, Jean Shafiroff. Yeah, she is philanthropist, also author of the book Successful Philanthropy, How to Make a Life by What You Give. We'll talk to her. We'll talk about government taxation for charity and social programs and real charity based on you actually giving. Is there a way to blend the two and what works better, charity or government? Should be an easy concept, so we'll chat with her about that in just a little bit uh, as well. But before we do that, I want to bring so we have some good news. We have the Republican Party actually standing for something. Say what? I know we actually have some positive news. So we'll get to that in a second. But I want to create a scenario for you. Close your eyes unless you're driving. Don't do that while you're driving because that would be really dumb. But I want you to imagine something. Use your imagination. I know it's what Democrats do in their whole little la-la land anyways. But for you, for just a second, let's practice that part of the brain, exercise that muscle, and use your imagination. Or maybe you would actually live in this part of the real-life scenario. I want you to imagine that you're a 16, 17-year-old kid again. Male or female. doesn't really matter. You're uh, late teens. You're in high school maybe late high school, maybe just about ready to get out of high school. You work a little bit because you're trying to get some money for maybe your girlfriend or boyfriend, or maybe you're trying to get ready for college, but you're working a little bit. Let's say you're working at a fast food restaurant flipping burgers. Let's just, a hypothetical scenario, maybe this is real life you, maybe it's not, but let's just use your imagination for just a second. You're the 17-year-old individual. You are working at a fast food restaurant, and you're working. You go there. You don't put a whole lot into it because this is a kind of a dead-end job. You don't like working fast food. You don't like working in the restaurant industry. So you go there. You at least put in your time. You flip the burgers. You smile at people. You say hi. You go about your day. You don't do a whole lot outside of your job duties because why would you? Uh, you don't put in that extra oomph, although I, I always did. We try to put in 110%. They always tell you to put on 110%, but you don't. We just kind of eh, go through the motions. It's a paycheck. It's a job. I really want to be out there partying with my friends. Then one day you figure, you know what? I want to go party with my friends. There was a job that I actually had. This is true life story for me. I was in college and dummy me before I learned, hey, financial responsibility in any way, shape or form. I took out the massive mother load of student loans, baby. I took out the out of state expenses. I took out the living expenses for the dorm room. I took out the living expenses for my food. I took out the expenses for everything. I was just I was rolling high. I thought I actually had money in the bank. It was awesome. I did anything I wanted to. That's when I bought my humidor, my cigars. That's when I was buying a whole bunch of adult beverages. That's when I was buying a whole bunch of goodies. Because why the heck not? Right? Then I realized, you know, maybe I should actually get a job. I didn't really want to work fast food. So I actually worked at the uh, bookstore there at the 
college. You know the bookstore where college kids actually spend like $500 on a book for the class because the professor tweaked a little sentence on there and it's like, it's my newest version and you can't pass it down to another generation of students. You need to buy the brand new one for me <laughs> so I can get royalties on it. And then you spend $500 on a book. Yeah, that, that, that bookstore. I was there and I was working and I realized I did not like it. And telling me at that time, this is the only time I've ever done this because I've been very prideful of my work ethic and how hard I actually work. This was the one time in my life where I did not like this job. It felt very weird to me. People are there were like very wishy-washy and progressive and I just, I didn't fit in and I did not like it. My job interview for that job, just to put it into perspective, my job interview at the bookstore of the university campus, the person that ran the bookstore that interviewed me asked me if if I were an animal, what animal would I be? No joke. That's exactly. And I had no way to answer that. I'm like, I don't know. Can I stock shelves here, please? Because that would be uh, really good. I really need some cash. And that was the job interview. We try to create a happy environment for students here. We want to create a positive experience. If you were an animal, what animal would you be? And I threw out my favorite animal at the time of a penguin. And she's like, why? I said, because they're multicolored and they can hide from predators very well she goes hmm okay i got the job but i was very awkward there and i didn't fit in now imagine this for a second let's go back to the scenario you're working you don't quite fit in you don't really like the job it's not really fitting you you don't get paid a whole lot but you go through the motions you do your thing one of the days you're like you know what and this happened to me i was like you know what i just don't want to go i just don't want to go you call in sick for a day or two then you just, like, stop showing up, okay? Maybe they closed down for a little bit. They had some renovations, some things to do. They opened back up. You're just not showing up, not showing up. This is the only job that I've done this, by the way, because I, I'm very prideful of my work ethic, but that job was a little weird, and I was in a weird place in college, too, so there was that. Just stop showing up. A month later, let's put this into perspective. You call up your boss as the 17-year-old who has called in a few sick days, has not shown up for a month, and you're making minimum wage, flipping the burgers, not a whole lot of extracurriculars really showing and shining yourself as the great work ethic that you have. You call up your boss and say, you know, I'm ready to come back to work, boss, but I need a raise. I need to reassess my work. I need to reassess my wages. I need to reassess my contract here. I need a raise. Fight for 15, baby. That's what I want. For me to come back. To really come back and just do what I was doing before. Be nonchalant, really not take a whole lot of initiative, just kind of go through the motions because it's kind of a dead-end job. Is that the way that our economy actually works? Is that the way that our system works? No. Right now we have the most amount of jobs available in this country really than ever before. In the state of Kansas, there was a story about a week or so ago, 45,000 jobs on this website called CandiceWorks.com, where the government tries to lay out all the jobs available in all the markets across the state so people can find jobs if they're looking for help. They also have instru instructions on where to get different degrees for certain things. They have courses uh, to get certified in things. You can go to classes. You can get signed up for college, whatever you want to do. 45,000 jobs. Breaks a record here in the state of Kansas. It's like that all over the country right now. The Wall Street Journal ran a, a story called the labor shortage. It's not a labor shortage, they say, which it is, but they say it's not a labor shortage. It's a great reassessment of work in America. This falls into the category of you are making minimum wage, you don't like your job, you don't show up for a while, and then you call up and say, I want to come back, but I need a raise and I want the fight for 15. It's not a labor shortage, the fact that people are choosing to stay at home on the government dole right now with the unemployment benefits extended through the COVID-19 stuff for that extra three, $400 a week. 
It's not that. It's because we're reassessing work in America. If we're going to go back into the workforce, you need to pay me at least what I'm making on my unemployment benefits. Now, I completely disagree with that 110%. Get your ass up and actually get back to work. I know a couple of the radio show hosts did that, and I thought it was spot on. It's time for you to go back to work. For me personally, I don't care. Nothing is below me. And if I have to flip burgers at McDonald's to pay the bills temporarily, even if it's less than sitting at home on unemployment, that's what I would do because I can't sit at home. Because to me, that's not providing for my family. Because for me, morally, I that would bother the heck out of me because... I would rather go and do something. And I would work three jobs of working as many night shifts and overtime as much as I can to compensate to get that paycheck back up. But that's what I would do. We need to get back to the basics of understanding how the economy actually works. We're not reassessing work in America. We're literally just not wanting to go back to work. Yes, there is a labor shortage because people don't want to get rid of the government benefits that have been extended at least until August or September of the end of this year for our fiscal budget. They don't want to give those up. They want to ride those out and then go back into the workforce, which, as I mentioned before, is the conditioning for the universal basic income, because why do you need to go to work if the government's giving you a paycheck? And I'll just compensate and just make do with what I have right now. We need to get back to the basics of how the economy should work versus how the economy is actually working, don't we? It's called capitalism. It's called, and I know most people understand this, and I don't want to talk down to you in any way, shape, or form. Most people get this. But the other side of the aisle doesn't quite grasp it. So we're going to go back to middle school here, and we're going to understand how, how the economy actually works for those with the super high-educated economic degrees that think that quantitative easing is a really uh, smart idea, according to them. We're going to break this back down for you, buddy. Supply and demand and the value of a job is based on the quality of work that you provide. You, If you do not have any experience like that 17-year-old kid, if you don't have any qualifications like that 17-year-old kid who's starting out, if you don't have any other value other than just entry-level position, you are not worth $15 an hour. I don't care about inflation. Guess what causes inflation? The government's spending a crap ton of money. That's what causes inflation. It's not the price of the good actually going up. It's the fact that it takes more of the same dollars to buy that thing because the value of the dollar is less. Therefore, it takes more of them to purchase the same product. The product didn't change. And there's a big difference there. Inflation went up. Oh, we need to raise minimum wage to match that. You do realize that's what causes the inflation. The government trying to spend $6 trillion right now. That's what's causing the inflation. You could live fine on a little bit lesser income without inflation because then the price of goods would be lower at the same time we got to remember and this is a big trigger for a lot of individuals here's the big trigger warning for you you are not supposed to raise a family and support a family on a minimum wage position you are not supposed to be staying on a minimum wage position Later on in life, you are supposed to use that as an entry-level position to gain experience while you're getting your education. You're supposed to use that position while you gain experience to move up the ladder so you can gain more knowledge, work on your work skills, work on your work ethic, and then be able to work up better to become a manager or to become a branch manager or a district manager or an owner or a franchise owner or whatever you want to do. Or you can use that experience to go off on your own and start your own business. Guess what? That's the beauty of this evil nation that you think is terrible. You can do that. 
It's all on you. You can do it. It's, again, personal responsibility that some people just don't get. But for us to say it's not a labor shortage, it's a great reassessment of work in America. We need to reevaluate minimum wage jobs. We need to evaluate these jobs of like bussing tables and flipping burgers and actually working these low entry level positions. We need to reassess this. These are the same yahoos that would say, well, you know what? I wouldn't go out and actually work the fields because that's below me. So we need immigrants to come in and do that. So that way we don't have to do it ourselves because I'm high and mighty and superior than you. And they're the ones that say they're not racist. Can you imagine that for a second? They're the ones that say they aren't racist and that we're racist on our end when we're willing to do the work, whatever it takes to provide for our families. It's a crazy wild concept, isn't it? But we don't. Yes, we do have a labor shortage. So the Wall Street Journal's wrong. It's a great reassessment of work. We do need to have a great reassessment of work. We need to understand how economics work. You get paid based on the value that you provide for the company. Andy, it's just not enough. It's enough compared to the market. And if you don't like it, guess what? Here's another trigger warning. You as the personal responsible individual, you have the right to go to another company and haggle for better wages. Or you can go find a different job completely for better wages. But guess what? You're going to need an education. You're going to need more experience. And you're going to need to know and prove that you can actually do the job. And if it's an entry-level position sweeping floors, I'm sorry, that doesn't deserve the same amount as a banker at a bank trying to refinance someone's $300,000 mortgage. Doesn't work that way. And by the way, bankers make about $15, $16, $17 an hour. So it's not a whole terribly lot because I know I used to do it. Maybe it's gone up since then. I don't really know. But we do have a labor shortage in reassessing work in America. We need to reassess our understanding of how jobs and how business and how economics work in America before you start advocating for this $15 minimum wage. We start refusing to go back to work, which we called this a year ago when everything shut down and got on benefits. We said people are not going to want to go back because they want the benefits and they're going to be scared and use that as an excuse to not have to go back to work. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. 
Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason, common sense, sensibility, that's what we're all about here on the show. Welcome back into it. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Doesn't matter where you're at, how you may be watching or listening, we appreciate it very much. Your millennial general doing the thing each and every day. So, point in case with the discussion we just had, I want to get to some good news as well. I just don't want to rant and rail all day today. I do want to talk about some good news. We had the Republican Party actually cleaning itself up a little bit, so hoorah on that. We'll talk about that a little a uh, little bit with Liz Cheney. Uh, but CNBC Dow Jones today tumbled 680 points, the largest decline in the Dow since January. A, also, at the same time, the NASDAQ dropped by like 350 points today. As many of them, many investors were concerned about inflation rates going up today's inflation rose uh, the largest rate since 2008, spiking 4.2% from this time last year. Why do you think all of a sudden inflation rose by 4.2% compared to this time last year? Maybe because of a pandemic? Possible. Maybe it's because of the slump in the economy last year? Possible. Maybe it's because of the somewhat recovery this year? Possible. Maybe it's also because of the massive of trillions and trillions of dollars that we've spent this year, lowering the value of the dollar, breaking records for the yearly deficit, and the ongoing debt for this nation. There is a difference between the deficit and the debt. I hope you know what that is. If not, we can break that down later. There's a massive spending difference here. And with the massive amount of money being printed, what is that going to do? Lower the value of the dollar, which means that it costs more to buy the same product. The product didn't change. It's the amount of money it takes to purchase the item. Big difference. Andy, the price of the good went up. No, the, price, the, the the quality of the good did not go up. It just takes more money to buy it because the value of the dollar is less. Therefore, you need more of them. It's the government's fault inflation actually happens. It's not the private sector. It's not the evil corporations. It's not the evil you know owners of businesses that actually just want to take advantage and walk away with all the money. There are some jerks like that out there. Guess what? It's real world, and you're going to happen to come across people that are just not the brightest out there or that are just out there for their own personal gain. At the same time, that's the government 90% of the time. So now we see... The market already starting to take a hit on this because of the bad decisions going on at the federal level, which we knew it was going to happen. When you inflate the the economy like that that much, it creates a bubble. And you can let one of two things happen. You can let it deflate as the bubble bursts, or you can continue to inject it to inflate it and make the bubble actually bigger. I still see it as like when you bleed your brakes. If anybody's ever bled their brakes... Andy, what's that mean? I can see that now. My generation, let me break it down for you again, because you may wear the man bun and the skinny jeans, but you may not know how to bleed your brakes or change your tire. Let's break that down for you. When you have an air bubble in your brake lines, then your brakes don't work. 
and it's really, really bad. So you bleed them and you let it run for a while until you get the bubbles out and then you seal it up so it's a completely streamed thing. It's what happens when you inject money into an economy. You create an air bubble in that line and then you see it boof and it doesn't work very well. So you need to bleed those out and you need to let it pop. And the bubble will pop when the government gets involved in the economy, when they inflate things, when they try to create jobs. AKA signing contracts for contra- uh, for like infrastructure plans, road, highway plans, and they pay contractors to do it. Well, Andy, that's just great for the economy. But they're using your taxpayer money to do it, so it really doesn't generate any revenue. We're just borrowing money from the private sector to make it happen instead of actually doing it from a private company or a private individual or citizens in the community there that actually chose to do it with their money, and therefore it would incentivize but you don't create wealth when you borrow from somebody to give it to somebody else it's not creating that's just redistributing and there is a big difference as well for all those fancy fancy uh, super fancy people that are economic geniuses with those economic degrees i don't have an economic degree i never even took an economics class in college yeah and some are going to be like andy it totally shows i i know i know But at least I have a general concept understanding of how the economy works. And guess what? When you spend lots and lots and lots of money and you print lots and lots and lots of money, then inflation goes up. And now the stock market's reacting because inflation went up. Price of goods are going to go up drastically. And people are staying at home because they just want that government dime. That's, by the way, causing the inflation. So while they want to get higher wages to go back to work, they're the ones causing the wages to go up by them sitting at home and taking the additional unemployment benefits when they shouldn't have to be doing so. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. i got to say, this is by far the fastest radio show in the country as we are growing as well. The fastest growing, just the fastest in general as well. Halfway through the program already. It's ridiculous. Welcome in. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. We are rocking it on the live stream. You can find us all over all social media at Hoosier Reason. That's H-O-O-S-E-R Reason. Also on the website, HoosierReason.com. Make sure and check that out. We appreciate it. We have the live stream up there, a link to all of our social media. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, twitch.tv. That's our big one. You can find the live TV feed there, twitch.tv. Also on ourfreedombook.com. We have also have our Instagram, which I do not do a whole lot because I do not do the pictures. Even though I am a millennial, no, I do not take a whole lot of pictures of myself throughout the day and post it on Instagram. Uh, we also have the TikTok that I tried to open just a week ago. I have two videos on there, and... 
I told you the story. I, the first video we made had like 500 views on it, and I don't even have any followers on there. Uh, it was like the day that I made it, and then I made one at the gun range, and now I have three views on it because they apparently don't like me doing gun things on there. But what the heck? Sorry, you can find us at TikTok. All of them, you can find our hashtag at Who's Your Reason. I am excited. So we've talked about the economy and the inflation, government printing money, government misusing money because that's essentially what they do. I want to twist it just a little bit. As you know, COVID has been very difficult for many individuals over this last year. And how can we help other individuals? How can we help the community? What can we do for our part to help people and actually truly help them? On the other side of the aisle, on the progressive side of the aisle, they always talk about charity, but they talk about charity through forced taxation. We need to create a new government program. Does that really work? Or can you actually do it yourself? So I'm excited for our What's Trending for the Day. What's Trending Today. And I am super excited to have on the program. She is a philanthropist. She is also an author. Her latest book, Successful Philanthropy, How to Make a Life by What You Give. We are so excited to have on the program here, Jean Shafiroff here. Jean, how are you, my friend? I'm good, Andy, and thank you for having me on the show. And Yes, I'm happy to speak about philanthropy, so shoot your first question. Well, I am excited to have you on here, and I know that you've been involved with philanthropy for a very long time. Uh, and uh, the, the first question I have to ask you is, during this last year of COVID, um, I mean, what can we do to help people with this time? Will people being laid off, and have you seen an increase of philanthropy across the nation? It's been a mixed bag. For example, at the beginning of this pandemic, just about one year ago, we were up to 38 million Americans out of work. And so what did that translate to? That translated to no food on the table for many, many millions of Americans. It translated into an inability to pay rent or to pay a mortgage. And so philanthropy, government, everyone, we all have to work together. And so during the pandemic, we saw different groups, we saw businesses, we saw private groups giving, making impact gifts to try to help out. And where did they help out? They helped out with food insecurity, some of our big charities, Feeding America, helping with all the different uh, food pantries across the United States. And then they helped with groups that really needed help. We also saw a decline in giving across the United States, for example, at animal shelters. Many of the animal shelters had reduced funding. And how did that roll out? Well, that meant that many of the animals were not being fed. And so I personally, I'm on the board, one of my seven charity boards is the American Humane, an international group. And I was assigned to be the national spokesperson for a program they created to help animal shelters All around the United States, we had a goal of $1 million to raise so that we could feed in excess of 1 million animals at these shelters across the United States. And we've raised most of that money. We've given that money out to different shelters so that they wouldn't have to close their doors and so that they could continue feeding the animals at the shelters and then help people who had adopted animals or who had animals where they couldn't feed uh, their pets. And I think during this pandemic, pets have been very important to people because they give unconditional love. And so these are some of the things that have been going on. 
I'm ready for the next question. Hey, well, I love it. I'm glad you focused on a lot of the animals. I saw a news story just a week or two ago about with people starting to go back to work that all the animals that we did use during that time for support and maybe we did adopt it during the last year with COVID because we wanted an animal near us. Maybe we wanted them to be in the household is that now they're having separation issues with people starting to go back to work and kind of be left on their own at home. So that's kind of another problem, I guess, that we're going to have to deal with. Uh, which is kind of interesting. My my big question is, I mean, I talk a lot of politics and, you know, progressive, conservative, Democrat, Republican, which is at the end of the day, it's just trying to help the community the best way that we can. But being a philanthropist and from your experience that you've seen with all the charities and all the things that you run, what works better in a community? Is it charity from the private sector like you starting a fund, starting an organization, helping the local community with animals or with individuals or with food or food banks or whatever? Or is it the government saying, hey, we're going to take more of your income forcefully and we're going to tax you and then we're going to create a government agency to create something to help people and send it out that way. From your experience, which one works more efficiently? Honestly, I think you need it all. You need you need government to help. You need businesses to pitch in and you need individuals and then um, the uh, private foundations. And of course, I don't believe in uh, as an, as an American. I don't see I don't see us getting to a situation where uh, we become socialistic, where people who are earning big numbers are taxed seventy percent. And I'm a New York City a person, mm. and our taxes are over fifty percent. And once you start getting up to sixty, seventy percent, or or you're reaching fifty five, sixty. People lose incentive to work. And what is the American dream? The American dream is to be able to start from nothing and and become a success. And and then all of a sudden, if people are are 70 or 30 percent of their salaries, all that they'll receive and they're taxed at 70 or 60 percent, I think it's too high. So my feeling is we all have to work together. And uh, taxes will remain, will always have taxes, but when they get too high, it de-incentivizes the entire country. Sure. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, it's it's tough. And I think I'm what I'm concerned about is, as you mentioned, is tax rates go up to 50, 60, 70 percent. I even think 50 percent is too high. I'd like to see things around like the 20, 30 percent range because we need to fund some things. But man, it gets a little out of control there uh, at times. But when you see the rates go higher and higher, people can't sustain that, as you mentioned. If there's no incentive to start a charity, if there's no incentive to start a new business, if there's no incentive to expand your business, and we say stagnant, then as the growing population, as growing opportunities kind of dwindle and diminish, then we have more people we need to help. This puts the strain on what's already out there, doesn't it? Well, yes, I we do have many, many um, thousands and thousands of charities in the United States, and that's a wonderful thing because our country is built on philanthropy. Those that founded our country, many of them were involved in volunteering, and one of the things I always like to speak about is volunteerism in the United States and how important that is. And in my book, Successful Philanthropy, How to Make a Life by What You Give, I talk about how important it is, the volunteers, and for people that don't have a lot of money, you can become a philanthropist by giving your time, your knowledge, and then you give what available resources you have. For those people that have wealth, I believe we have an obligation to give back. We have to give money. We have to give our time. We have to give our knowledge. 
And because life is not even, life is not fair. Uh, another thing I do that I, you didn't mention is I host a TV show, local television, mm. in East Hampton, New York, South Hampton, New York, and New York City. It's called Successful Philanthropy, and I bring on my show philanthropic leaders from across the world. And I've had a very wide array of different guests, people that run charities, big philanthropists, and then uh, politicians as well to talk about philanthropy and what they're doing and what they've done during this pandemic and what they plan to do as we see this pandemic leaving, hopefully, and where I think we're on our way. That's amazing. Um, yes, and um, I use my social media platforms, my Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I'm at Jean Shafiroff, that's at J-E-A-N-S-H-A-F-I-R-O-F-F to promote positivity and philanthropy, and then a little fun. And on my Instagram account, I have about 800,000 followers, and I take pictures, and I'm not doing it all day long. I repeat certain pictures, and I the idea is just to promote positivity and get people yeah. involved and in believing themselves and feeling good about their future, because this has been a very rough time for not only Americans, but for everyone around the world, this pandemic. But we're coming out of it, and I'm very hopeful, and I'm very positive. Amen to that. I love it. We're talking with Gene Shafiroff, author of the book Successful Philanthropy, How to Make a Life by What You Give. we got just about 30 seconds left before we have to let you go. But the last question, as we see the media try to tear apart the evil rich people and you know the, the I victimized poor people, and however, when you talk to these philanthropists with you yourself and talk to these uh, politicians and these wealthy individuals, do you see a lot of giving from that side, or is it truly just, oh, evil? Evil one percenters don't like to care about the poor people down below. I see a lot of giving and there's tremendous care. And we people, everyone, we all need to come together and understand that uh, someone who has wealth, mostly everyone I know who has wealth, and not everyone, but most people, they want to give back. And and I think that moving forward, our country is going to come together we always have in the past. Yep. We're a strong nation, and there's a lot we can do. Amen to that. Jean, I appreciate the time so much. You can find her website, jeanshafroff.com. Also, you can find her book on Amazon and other places as well. Jean, let's get you back on the show again. I'd love to chat with you again. Thank you, Andy. Hey, appreciate it very much. We'll take a break here, wrap up the show. It goes by so quick right here on The Voice of Reason. Lots more to get to. Liz Cheney, is she out from the Republican Party? That's the next. Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? 
because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation, one radio listener at a time. We appreciate Jean Shafiroff coming on the program. Great guest. We'll get her back on. Kind of interesting from the philanthropy standpoint. And she lives in New York. She tries to run all these things, and the giving can only give so long as you have it and while they raise the bar on what the quote-unquote lower class are while we expand that and we need more giving then the more giving turns into i ran out to be able to give and now i need to receive and that's eventually and essentially what the government wants at the end of the day so we got to find that happy balance and hopefully we can get to the point where we don't have to give a whole lot because there's not a whole lot of people in need but that's the great beauty of the system of you know the private sector where we can create that to a limited amount while the government kind of gets the heck out of the way. That's the goal. That's the dream. That's not necessarily what's happening in real times right now. Let's see what else is trending today But as we wrap up the show on a midweek celebration. What's trending today? What's trending today is did it really happen? Did we really see the Republican Party like actually have a backbone? Wait, no, that can't be right. actually see the Republican Party hold a conference and get rid of Liz Cheney and leadership as the number three House major or House minority leader. No, there's no way that she was part of leadership and she got booted out of there. Liz Cheney losing her status earlier today as it took less than 20 minutes, according to the Associated Press, meeting behind closed doors. GOP lawmakers needed less than 20 minutes and a voice vote to oust the Wyoming congresswoman from her job as the number three House leader. The banishment, urged by Trump and other top Republicans, showed his availability to upend the careers of antagonists, even those from within the GOP royalty. I love the unbiased reporting from the Associated Press there. I find it, it's amazing. We actually held a background. Now, we know that it's political. We know that it's probably not going to last long from the Republicans because we have a long way to go. If that were the case, Susan Collins would be gone. Lisa Murkowski would be gone. Mitt Romney would be gone. We had Mitt Romney get booed at his own state Republican convention in Utah, and the entire massive coliseum full of people were booing him and heckling him. But they won't get him out of there. Now, I don't know if he's in any leadership position, so I guess they can't do much. We just need to vote him out. But it's at least a step in the right direction. Andy, you're just trying to be a purist in the party. No, I want the party to stand on values. 
And while Donald Trump is not the leader of the Republican Party anymore as being president of the United States, it doesn't mean that he's created a monster of a movement. And people are done with the establishment. People are done with the elites. People are done with the wishy-washy Republicans. Let's just go along to get along. We need to compromise on everything so we can get a little sliver and then talk about how great it is. Talk about the George W. Bush style of growing the size of government as a Republican that's supposed to be for limited government. We're done with it. And Donald Trump woke that up to say, wait a second, we can fight for that. We can advocate for that. It's a wild concept, and it gives me a sliver of hope for the Republican Party. So kudos to them for booting out Liz Cheney, because we need to start doing that. We need to show a strong impression that we are a party of limited government, less regulation, and anybody that crosses that mindset is not welcome within the Republican Party, or at least leadership within the Republican Party. Because we need conservative values. And obviously, if they can sit there and trash their own party, then they're not for the party. I lump the Republican Party in as like a very loud Italian family. I've known a lot of them. One of my best friends in the entire world is Italian. And as you know, for many of those, that when you go to their home or go to the family, the, the, the they fight, they get very, very loud, they yell a lot. It's not intended to fight, it's just to yell a lot. But sometimes they do get in some pretty heated discussions. But at the same time, they can do that within their own clan. Outside of that, if you're an outsider doing that, you have to deal with the whole family if you know what I'm talking about. Make you an issue you can't refuse. That's uh, a terrible accent, but I try. But that's the way it needs to be within the Republican Party. We can bicker. We can disagree. We're about individual thought. We are not like the progressives that get our marching orders from the top down. We are not like that in any way, shape, or form. We are conservatives with individual thought. And it's hard to hold a party together with individual thought like conservatism, but we do it. But the bickering needs to happen internally, within the party, within the primaries, which is why I say the primary election is the most important election you can have to set the tone for the party and what it's going to stand for. Outside of that, we unite as a party. We stick to each other. We defend each other. We defend the right to have different beliefs. We defend our opinions within our party, no matter how diverse they may be. Liz Cheney cannot sit there while Donald Trump's in office and say he's the worst person on the face of the earth. She needed to go. She's gone out of leadership, and she needs to be reelected, and someone out of Wyoming needs to replace her because she needs to go by along with a few others as well. That does it for us today. Podcast going up in just a little bit. We're back at it tomorrow for a pre-Friday celebration already this week. Until then, be your own voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. This is The Voice of Reason. Everybody have a great Wednesday. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.